How is it going, Bears fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Podcast, where we talk everything Bears every day of the week. Today, we continue our week two coverage, taking a look at the New York Giants. So let's hop right into it. I am your host, Chris Malpe, and today I am joined with my co-hosts, Parsh Shaw and Jalen McClinton. Boys, how's it going? Doing pretty good. I uh, just ate some lunch, so, you know, here ready to record another Bears video. Uh, we got a great guest today, so let's hop right into it. Yeah, same here. Uh, I love talking about football in general, so just excited to, to talk to our guest on, you know, the opposing team. And yes, we are joined with a guest today. She's a senior writer for GiantsCountry.com and Sports Illustrated, the host of the Locked On, uh, the Locked On Giants podcast, and her book, Big 50 Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, just released on Amazon and is at a Barnes & Noble. So welcome to the show, Patricia Trina. How's it going? Very well. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So uh, let's just hop right into it. Uh, obviously, we saw the Giants play uh, a couple of nights ago, but taking a look at their 2019 season, they finished third in the NFC East behind uh, the 8-8 eight and eight Dallas Cowboys. Um, Daniel Jones had a tough go in his rookie season, but was still showing promise at times. Uh, passed for just over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, uh, also had 12 interceptions. And we all know that Jones was sacked 38 times and ended up with 18 fumbles, which was tied for the fifth most in NFL history. Patricia, before we get into the Giants specifically, uh, the Bears, on the other hand, had one heck of a week one comeback in Detroit as fourth-year quarterback Mitchell Trubisky went 8-for-10 for 89 yards and three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So before we get to your Giants, I want to know, what were your thoughts on the Bears' comeback last weekend in Detroit? Hey, there's nothing better than when you're down, you know, a couple scores to come back. I mean, it's very inspirational. I'm sure it was uplifting to the fans. So kudos to the Bears for finding a way to get it done. Absolutely. Uh, so now going on to your Giants, uh, we saw the Giants fall at home a few nights ago to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home, a game in which Ben Roethlisberger showed to be successful in his first game back after a long time, throwing, uh, for, throwing for 229 yards, three touchdowns, and had a passer rating of 117.8. On the other hand, Daniel Jones had two interceptions and two touchdowns, and the Giants couldn't really get the run game going as we saw Saquon Barkley have 15 carries for six yards. Pat, would you mind recapping through the week one loss? Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as Daniel Jones goes, I'll be honest with you, other than those two interceptions, I thought he did a lot of good things. You know, he he took a lot of hits. You know, he didn't have a whole lot of protection. Um, his, his offensive line, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, Giant fans. His offensive line didn't really, you know, they weren't consistent with the protection. But... I give Jones credit because he hung in there. A couple times he got hit, whereas last year he might have lost the ball. He managed to hang on to it. So good for him for that. Um, regarding Saquon Barkley, he, I just finished actually doing a film breakdown on, on some of his uh, rushes for a loss. And there's any number of reasons why those happen, but the common thread that I seem to find is the coaching decisions. For example, they would have Barkley line up seven yards deep in a single back set and uh, not have a lead blocker. And then they would do all these like complex things like pulling and whatnot against a fast defense. 
And all too often, I saw instances where the Giants were just getting beat at the point of attack uh, by speed. So why would you call for a slow developing play, plays in which, you know, the guards have to pull, for example, and get to a spot which kind of, I think, defeats the whole purpose of matching speed with speed. So I I think a lot of that had to do with the coaching staff and decisions that were called. Now, you know, I'm not saying it was all on them. Obviously, you know, you've got to get a hat on a hat. And the Giants didn't do that, but uh, that that was probably the common thread that I saw in my film study. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I was I was kind of surprised that you know Saquon Barkley was stopped that bad. Hopefully the Bears will be able to do that. You know, we gave up almost 100 yards to Adrian Peterson. You know, Saquon Barkley is way younger and probably way more athletic than Adrian Peterson at this time. So my first question for you is. We obviously saw the Giants give up 349 yards on Monday night. A lot of that contributing to the Steelers' run game and Benny Snell. Do you think the Giants will be able to slow down Mitchell Trubisky and Cody this weekend? Um, I think that's going to be the plan. I mean, the Giants, the, the pass rush was was uh, buzzing around the quarterback. I think the problem, though, is the back end of the Giants' defense. You've got to look at that back end. They're still kind of weak back there, in my opinion, in that you have a lot of young guys and as you guys know, um, you can have a pass rush up front, but if your back end isn't holding its coverage, that creates a problem. If those guys aren't playing, you know, run support, you know, coming up and defending the run, you know, in those cases where you have a running game, uh, that's a problem. So that, to me, is the area you want to watch uh, as far as the Giants are concerned. Yeah, so... You know, going back to Daniel Jones, he's a quarterback that I compare to Mitchell Trubisky a lot, not only because they're both out of the ACC in college, but they also both uh, arguably maybe were drafted a little bit too high. But we saw Daniel Jones show flashes of what he can be on Monday night, but we also saw him uh, make some costly mistakes, uh, throw some balls up that probably should have been intercepted and also made some uh, costly plays as well down the stretch. Uh, looking at the Giants' offense, Darius Slayton had 102 receiving yards and the lone two scores in that game. Uh, the Bears' defense is looking to bring back Robert Quinn this weekend, uh, a familiar foe to the NFC East who had 11.5 sacks for the Cowboys in 2019. So do you think this Giants' offense will be able to succeed uh, against another tough task that definitely uh, doesn't leave any loose ends in the Bears? Well, you know, I think the Bears have a really good defense um, I don't know, and, and don't take this personally, guys. I don't know that I would put their defense in the same category as the Steelers. No worries. It's a different <laughs> system. It's a different type of system. A little different, you know, levels of talent, and you know, just from the outside looking in, the Bears' defense to me doesn't look as productive as it was when Vic Fangio was was your defensive coordinator. You know, and I don't mean that to, to, to slam that against uh, Chuck Gano. It's just a different, you know, there's there's differences and you can see it. And the production, I think, has kind of, you know, dropped a little bit. So, you know, I, I think that the Bears will probably be a little bit more on par with the Giants. I still would give the Bears a, a an advantage, um, their defense an advantage, because, again, with the Giants, I got to see it on offense before I sit here and, and, and say, oh, the Giants are going to roll over any team. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think it'll be a little better matchup for the Giants, but I still think as of right now, I would say the Bears will probably come out on top. The Giants played a solid first half against the Steelers, but arguably crumbled in the last 30 minutes of the game. What do you think the Giants need to do to win this game? Uh, well, first off, they have to be able to run the ball. I mean, that goes yeah. without saying. Oh, yeah. If they if they can't run that ball and they become one dimensional, then they become very easy to defend. They've got to cut down on some of the mistakes. You know, Daniel Jones. You look at his numbers. He had some drop balls. I think he had something like three drop passes. Uh, the protection has got to be much much better than what it was. There were far too many guys. I think not not uh you know getting their assignment so that's got to happen and i just think the coaches need to you know rethink some of the game planning because like you said you can't have saquon barkley against a fast defense you know take taking seven yards deep one up seven yards deep and having all this slow developing plays happen so um that would be one thing and then on defense obviously i think if the, the giants pass rush can get to mitchell trubisky they can maybe rattle him a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, they can't afford to let the receivers. Now, I don't know if Allen, Ro- I'm assuming Allen Robinson is going to play. I'm assuming, you know, everything with his contract has kind of calmed down a little bit. But you can't let these guys run wild. You can't let Jimmy Graham run wild or Matt and all that stuff. You've got to get them and you've got to bump them and, and get physical with them. And I think if they do that, they give themselves a fighting chance. Uh, sorry, my mic was muted. So, opposite of Parth's uh, question, on the other hand, we saw the Bears pitch a miraculous comeback in Detroit, but saw consistency issues in the first three quarters as they got down big. What does Chicago need to do to start 2-0 in the season against the Giants? Well, I, I think they obviously they've got to find a way to stop Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's that's where the Giants' offense uh, begins and ends, I think. Um, you know, and the other thing I would keep an eye on, you know, from a defense to offense thing, is that Jones to Slayton connection. That, that connection has proven to be very, very fruitful for the Giants for the last two years. They also connected on two touchdowns Monday night. So I would maybe put a little, you know, extra attention on Darius Slayton if I'm the defense. I think on the other side of the ball, obviously, you want to, you want to, um, you know, I think you want to just get after Jones. Um you want to uh, and, and attack that defensive secondary. You know, I mean, like I said, that defensive secondary is a big problem for the Giants. Yeah, uh, we saw Kalomak force a fumble from Daniel Jones uh, in the 1914 Bears win last year, so that should definitely be interesting. I saw him falling down a lot uh, with two hands on the ball a couple of nights ago, so looked like uh, his ability to be able to protect that rock uh, definitely has improved, but. We end all of these episodes uh, of Meet the Opponents after we get through our questions by asking our guests for a score prediction. So, Patricia, how do you think this one plays out in Chicago on Sunday? Oh, gosh. Um, I am so bad at, at, at predicting scores. Uh, I don't even know what the spread is. But, I think it's uh, Bears uh, minus I, five and a half. Five and a half? Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I'm going to say it's going to be a low score. I'm going to say 24-17 Bears. Okay. And then I've got one more question for you. Just uh, It doesn't relate to the game at all. So 
uh, all of us are, are college students uh, aspiring to one day enter the realm of sports media and having someone on from Sports Illustrated, at least for me personally, is so cool because I remember growing up as a young boy reading Sports Illustrated for kids and such. So we ask this to a lot of our guests as we bring them on uh, throughout the last couple of months. So what advice would you have uh, working in the industry for so long uh, for young adults looking to one day enter the realm of sports media? I think you have to find a way to be different. And, and in order to do that, you have to find what your niche is. We all can't be Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport. We all have to find what we're good at and we have to then develop that by practicing. You know, and I think if you do that and you stay committed to your craft and you keep practicing and, and refining what you do, eventually your work is gonna get noticed by more and more people and you know, you'll get to where you wanna be as far as you know, being either a sports broadcaster, a podcaster or a writer. Awesome. Well, that'll pretty much do it for our week two installment of Meet the Opponents. Thank you so much for joining us today, Patricia Trina. My pleasure, guys. If you guys want to find more Giants content from Pat, you can head over to GiantsCountry.com. You can also find her on Twitter at Patricia Trina. You can also find her new book, Big 50, Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, in stores now and on Amazon. If you want more content from us, you can head over to our website, BearedDown.com. We're posting a ton of articles and blogs on there every day, putting out a ton of extra content for you all, Bears fans who uh, definitely deserve it. If you want to find us on social media to see sneak peeks of podcasts, uh, sometimes we put giveaways on there as well. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BearedDown. And finally, you can find the links to all of our social media fan pages on Instagram down in the description. Parsha, Jalen McClinton, second upload on the day, but always feels good to have a double upload day, and that was quite the guest. Uh, she had some good stuff to say, so any last words? Um, yeah, it was a, it was great to record with Patricia. Uh, she had some insight on the Giants. Uh, we just saw the Giants play on Monday, so they're going to have a short week this week, which is always a plus for the Bears. Uh, any team off of a short week usually gets well, gets less days to prepare for the Bears, so that'll be fun. Um, and yeah, let's hope the Bears can pull it out. Uh, all the Allen Robinson talks are kind of slowing down now. Um, you know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace both spoke to Robinson this today or yesterday, so hopefully that cools down and they can get an extension going soon. Yeah, like what Park said, hopefully, you know, we can get this Allen Robinson situation calmed down. Um, we we don't want him to be, you know, frustrated with, you know, the coaches and stuff like that. Even though he, he said he's not, he said, he you know, he wants to play in Chicago. But we, we might not know if those are his true intentions. Um, you know, hopefully our, uh, we can go to um, Soldier Field, our home opening, you know, get a W. Yeah, uh, I will say in regards to the Allen Robinson situation, actions speak louder than words. But uh, it's been a pleasure to be your host. Once again, my name is Chris Malpe. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you made it this far and haven't subscribed already and want Bears content every day of the week, do us a favor, whatever platform you're on, subscribe. Also, if you're on YouTube, do us a favor, slap a like on this video. Look, my final words are probably, uh, you know, uh, one thing that Patricia said uh, throughout the episode is how important it is. Uh, that we get pressure on Daniel Jones. Uh, Robert Quinn's looking to be limited all week in practice. Seems like it's going to be a game-time decision for him. Uh, we'll hopefully have him back by week three. Uh, I think there's an outside chance that he plays this week, and getting him back would absolutely uh, change the landscape and the dynamic of this game. So Bears fans, do us a favor. As always, stay safe and bear down. We'll see you in the next episode.
Peace.